0: Welcome to Seeking the Light of a Thousand Suns podcast, brought to you by Maya Skyraika and Gia. We are eclectic practitioners and our podcasts are designed for listeners in any stage of their chosen magical path. Please join our Facebook or go to our webpage for podcast extras. Hello, everyone, and
1: welcome to Seeking the Light of a Thousand Suns, the podcast where we talk about everything spiritual, pagan, and witchcraft-related. Today we are talking about centering, grounding, and shielding the fundamentals to any healthy spiritual and pagan practice. We have with us Maya and Gia, and of course, Lily with Lily of the Light. Thank you, everyone, for joining us, and how are you guys doing today?
0: Doing fantastic. Yeah. Doing awesome. some grounding right now.
1: Yeah. So I think that brings up a good point. As we're transitioning into the beginning of this podcast, when is the best time to ground in general? And when do you find you need to ground most? Because that's different for everybody.
2: Let's, let's start with, like, what, what is grounding? Okay. Um.
1: (laughs) so for me grounding is being anchored to mother earth this allows me to be sure of myself and to be one with mother earth to really feel the influences to be in the present moment so not having anxiety about the future or depression about the past being incredibly mindful for me, that's a lot of what being grounded is. And then the practice of grounding, I have found it's a lot of visualization. So roots going down out of your feet into mother earth or a cord from from your soul center down into the earth, like a way to
0: connect you that resonates with you. I love that. Yeah. I use grounding too for Almost every mundane thing that I come about. Um, for example, when I'm on a plane, my I love the takeoff and landings on a plane, and it's one of those things where I just open myself up and I like feel all that. That rush and that anticipation, and you know, you can feel that slight force push against you. But then, when we're in the air, if I don't ground myself immediately, then I could end up getting motion sickness. So, I use it to ground myself when I need to keep my head on straight, when I need to get myself back in check, when I'm in a room full of a lot of people, especially because I'm. I'm like an ultra introvert and there's even times where if I'm outside talking to a neighbor, I have to ground myself just because I'm not, might not be prepared for that extra energy that's coming from them. And so you can use it for almost any time you need to.
2: I'm actually glad that you brought up the plane, the airplane, because, um, I use it for that too, but I've also used it when I was able to do um, salmon fishing with my family. There was a time in my life where I was able to do that, and we would do it um, in Michigan. And when the waters were really choppy and the boat was really rocking, I would be grounded before the fishing trip. And while many people were leaning over the side, uh, vomiting their guts out, I mean, I was disturbed, but I I was (laughs) not sick. Um, I
1: love that. I've never heard of that before, like grounding to help with like motion sickness and stuff. Uh, I think that's really cool. Like yes, yeah. see, it's used differently for everybody and no one knows everything. So it's awesome to listen to these podcasts and and to learn those things like I always ground. So I, I have chronic illnesses, so I always ground before doctor's appointments because you oh know gosh. ask a lot of questions that you have to answer not only truthfully, but articulately Mm -hmm. And then you may be getting stressful news. Like doctor's appointments aren't fun, you know, for anyone, even if you're used to them. So that's a big one for me before arguments or like stressful meetings with people.
0: Or standing up doing talks. Yep.
1: Yeah. Just to be able, like anything that causes me more stress, I would ground beforehand. And then the other main time that I do it is before I do any kind of spiritual or divination work. Because let me tell you what. I have done tarot readings without grounding. They're crap. They're, mm -mm, no, I do not recommend. That is, ground before you do your divination work 100% of the time. Never sit there and think, oh, I don't have to. I'm fine. You're not fine. Take a few deep Mm -mm. breaths, anchor yourself, and then ask a question about your own freaking future.
2: Especially important to ground when you're in uh, group magical practices, and if you're casting a magical circle, I don't think there's a lot of literature out there that really um, explains the importance of grounding when you create magical circle. Um, because when you create a magical circle, you're cutting between space and time. Yes. Mm-hmm. Being grounded keeps you from floating about. Um, it keeps you from being um, <sighs> disoriented. Mm-hmm. If you've ever cast circle and then bumped around knocking shit off the the altars and you know can't remember or think of your words and have uncontrollable laughter or whatever, that's all being, not being grounded. Mm-hmm.
1: So here's a question. I have my own opinions about it, but here's a question for you too. So in doing group work and being grounded, let's say there's four people and three people are grounded and one person isn't. And that's just a random number that, that I thought of, the four people. Does that affect the efficacy, the energy, the mm-hmm. outcome of yeah. the circle and the magic created?
0: It depends. Oh. I think it can, but sometimes it's not by much and sometimes it could be by a lot.
2: What I've seen personally with my own eyes with group circles, Um, I was in a training circle for a year and a day and then was initiated. Mm -hmm. And in the training circles and some of the rituals and stuff like that, um, it usually ended up being a rescue case because the person or persons that were not grounded, when you start raising group energy, it is very powerful as it raises and raises and raises for that uh, cone of power. Mm-hmm. And so the ungrounded parties end up having some pretty significant side effects. Um, some, some have wandered off and disappeared. Some of them got in their cars, tried to drive home, and oh. ended up being lost driving for hours. Mm-hmm. Um, people will get really, really bad headaches. Um, Uh, If you're not grounded in a ritual like that, when you go home, you can't sleep. Your energy is soaring too high, and it makes you so that you can't sleep. Uh, There's a lot of different – as far as, like, affecting, like, the group energy, the group mind, and the group magic, I haven't seen personally that the ungrounded parties did anything but hurt themselves.
1: Yeah, I think it can be both, you know, that it can – cause dysfunction or uh misalignment in the group but definitely in the individual and i know that after doing ritual or intense spiritual work um that it's good to take a beat before you get in your car and drive like um why i used to be a part of a yoga studio and we weren't allowed to drive high is what we called it. Mm -hmm. So if we ever did spiritual work in the studio, which happened like often, um, a few times a month, you actually didn't leave right away. Once everything was finished and they rang the gong to end and everything like that, everyone was urged not to leave. And it was like the event was over, the ritual was over, but we all sat like people would drink tea, you'd sit and talk, you'd You'd wait until you had, like, leveled out and grounded again so that you weren't driving what we called high because we were at such a high vibration that, no, like, we were distracted by, like, being and existing in the universe and the messages that it's not safe to drive without being grounded Mm
0: -hmm. before those. So
1: I I appreciate that practice and and having learned that at a young age.
2: I I will say... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I love that they used a gong Mm-hmm. Because that in itself um, is a start on grounding.
1: Yep. It was big too. It was not a little gong. I think it was three feet wide. Yeah.
2: Holy
1: crap. Yeah, this, this, this was a big mama. This was...
0: I love this, gongs.
1: This was a cherished possession of the owner. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, I think that those are all really good times. And what we were talking about before we started recording was actually uh, before, during, and after. Is there ever an inappropriate time to ground? And I believe that as long as you're not disrupting anyone else, like if your idea of grounding is humping someone's leg, then you have some issues that you may need to <laughs> look at. But it's like you can ground anywhere, anytime, and it doesn't have to involve anybody else. You can take a few deep breaths and feel the energy in your feet. You can ground with sensation. You Like there's many different methods for it. So like, if you're in the middle of an argument and you're like, oh, I'm not grounded, ground in the middle. Have an awkward pause, take a few deep breaths so you get grounded. So before, during, and after, I mean, there's no wrong time to be grounded.
2: Yeah, you know, I'm glad you brought that up too because I'm very, very sensitive. And when we would have arguments at work, we I was in a very toxic work environment and there were arguments at work and people were getting snaky and you know, all this kind of stuff going on, a lot of tension. And there's a really discreet way in a situation like that to ground without getting up if, you know, you have to do that. And that's, you know, while you're sitting in your chair, you can pick up and slap the bottom of your foot. Yep. Slap your foot then go to the other one, slap that foot, stomp them on the ground, like maybe, you know, something a little discreet, but is perfect for not being affected as much by all the chaos happening around.
1: yep if you're wearing shoes that aren't like super lace up or you have to like unzip i'll slide out of my shoes and just like rub my feet on the floor and that will help a lot like the tapping tap the ball your foot or the heel on your foot of your foot on the ground and like don't stomp it if you want it to be discreet don't start thinking you're at a metal concert and stomp your foot but there are there are definitely subtle ways to do it and there's subtle imagery. Like you can do imagery while you're holding a conversation with somebody. You can visualize the roots coming out of your feet and anchoring you and digging deep into the soil and nurturing you without breaking conversation if you if you want to, you know? And so I love for people
2: Oh, I'm so sorry. For people like me that that do not have the ability to visualize, um, what I would do is I would usually have um, some type of stone to help as well, especially if there's a lot of distractions. Um, if I can't sit and talk myself or hear, hear or feel myself doing the grounding because of distractions, um, my favorite go-to was having a hematite at all times, Uh hematite stone. Um, some I other good that. ones. <coughs> there's a whole yeah. bunch of other good ones. As a matter of fact, I'm not going to lie. I spent many, many years wearing a hematite ring. The only thing that sucks about wearing a hematite ring all the time is you just never know when it's going to explode off your finger. Yes. But they're not expensive. It's a really nice way to stay grounded all the time.
1: It is. Hematite was one of my first stones that I really fell in love with and resonated with. It's so multifaceted. And I think that that brings us kind of into uh, shielding. like. So that's great for grounding and shielding. And I mm-hmm. think that like protection is part of the first things that you should learn in, in witchcraft, in spirituality, in paganism, in all the branches. Like protection is real. We are all souls having this experience and we cannot control everything around outside of us. So shielding should be something that we do on a regular basis and I always view shielding as like a bubble around mm-hmm. us, right? But I mean, how and whether it's visual or or verbal or whatever the the technique is, how do you guys feel about shielding?
0: I do it every day. Every moment of every day of my existence. And what I've learned is that when you do it enough your brilliant body mind and spirit are able to make it almost as second nature as breathing because breathing the heart pumping our brain firing all these things take energy and so does shielding right but um to not allow myself to constantly feel tired from always shielding, I've, I've, I've taken that journey to practice it and, and, and utilize it every day so that I my body, my mind, and my spirit would grow accustomed to it and it would become like breathing and using that amount of energy. And then as I take in things to fill my energy back up, I'm just naturally taking in now a little extra to keep up with the energy I spend with always shielding. Um, I do the the same for my son. I do the same for my home. There's always a, a shield around my car, my home. I've got a shield around my bank account. I mean, it's, I, I I love shielding and I, I use it c- quite a bit. Um,
1: I love that. Shield your bank account. I like that. Shield yes. from impulsivity. Booyah. I think like you're right. Practice makes progress, not perfection. So a lot of people, I've had a lot of clients um, through my business, Lily of the Light, that well, I can't do it. I can't do it. or It's so hard. Of course it's hard. You've never done it before. You're not used to doing it and certainly not used to doing it with intention. And so the more you practice, the more second nature it'll become. And so like we've, we've been practicing for a while in, in our individual lives that, that it is second nature. And I think for me, it's everyone needs to find their technique. And for me, it's objects, um, specifically with shielding. I don't shield myself very often with, with my own energy. But, um, as most of, you know, who have like seen my social media or, or seen me in person, I'm always wearing hats. My hats are blessed with the intention of shielding. And so that's my shield. Everything like my jewelry is, is set up to be my shield. So like, I'm always wearing my shield because I'm not for me, using my own energy to do it didn't feel natural and it's not something that I could focus on because it's not yes. my style. And so I found one and it was like, oh, yeah, wear hats, wear jewelry. Absolutely. And now I do that with a lot of my clients that they'll actually like mail me their earrings or their necklace and, and I'll charge them and bless them and, and everything and then send them home with them and then they just wear them. Like, all the time. They're like, yep, this is now my shield. And then I just have to teach them how to do the maintenance with it. Yes. You know, cleanse it and recharge it. But the initial work is already done.
0: Well, and so, I think yeah. the really cool thing about shielding, and not to make everybody spin out, and, because it, here's the thing. There there are so many different levels of shielding, shielding to be learned. Um, for example... Um, My home shielding, uh, because I walk always between the light and the dark. Um, I use high magic symbols on the shield that is around my home. Um, versus the shield that's around me. I allow some things to be allowed in. And block out other things, and these are these are more advanced practices. But here's the thing: when you're just starting out, um, a, a a good example is is find that element, find that element that you resonate with. So mine is earth, and much in the same way of grounding, I imagine, um, I visualize, I imagine roots coming up you know, gently wrapping like a snake around my ankles and moving their ways up to my calves. And then I pull energy up through the earth. And when I do, I try to pull it up through the core instead of directly from the plants around me. So not to injure the plants. And at the same time, I take my um, projecting hand. And at that time, I dump any energies I don't need back into the earth's core to try to keep it balanced, because I know it'll alter that energy and use it the way it needs to. And I pull that energy up from the earth, dump the toxic stuff I don't need. And when I have that earth energy in me, I use that like it's coming straight out of my, the top of my head and it's creating this big, huge, like you said, Lily, a bubble around me. That way I'm not using my own energy, but I'm also not just taking from the earth and not giving back. So, I mean, that, that's something that I'll do just kind of as a general thing because it's a little bit simpler. Um. If it's, if it's a sound that you resonate with, you know, like the bell, like you hear, I always love playing the bell, but, you know, and you can use that sound energy as well. So you can play that sound, bring it into your being and allow that to fill you with energy that you can use to project your shield outward from you. So just, just a couple tricks it can be used with
1: any of the senses so as as you were talking i was like yeah so when i go to doctor's appointments people will look at me funny i place my palm flat on a wall and i walk
0: mm-hmm. when i walk in mm-hmm.
1: and and i ground i ground through the foundation of the building because i mean that's solid in <laughs> we don't yes. have earthquakes. that's solid and yes. so i do it through physical touch you can do it through physical touch by touching a stone Have a smell, have a specific incense that you only burn when, when, when you want to ground or shield or whatever. And then there's, you know, like you said, sound, there are gongs, there are bells, there are specific tones, heck, there are songs. And let me tell you what, as much as so many people are all light, love and bullshit, it can be any song. If baby Mm -hmm. got back. Makes you grounded, <laughs> do it up. If the thing that makes you feel safe and protected is she thinks my tractor's sexy, rock do, it do. out, no shame. <laughs> so do whatever. Because everyone's like, oh no, it needs to be hard. Oh. no, it does not. It absolutely does not need to be that. Make it what works for you. However, if like that's what works for you, that very end your music, that's awesome too. Like. Uh, in a previous episode, we discussed um, how I sing different songs to myself to to change my energy, and one of them is a healthy song that just sounds like it belongs in a kid's movie, and another one is literally like neurotic chanting of the word llama, and that keeps me focused for work. So it truly can be any noise, and there is no shame with any of it you can eat things to become grounded. Like Carrots. there's yes. There's so many things that you can do. So really explore this part of you, like every aspect of your spirituality, of your paganism, of your journey. And so I've got something
0: for you, Lily. Are you ready? Yeah. Yes. Let's see if this'll uh this will work. God oh, yes. look at her butt. It's so... Thin. She looks like one of those rap guys' girlfriends yeah, who
2: understands those rap guys.
0: They only talk
2: to her... I just need
0: she that. looks like
2: a total... We're gonna, there we go. I love
1: it. That is awesome. And now I have to do uh, the mandatory... <laughs> We do not own the rights to that music. It was played in the background for entertainment. Please do not come after Sir Mix-a-Lot. Thank you. Baby got back.
0: (laughs) Only go to Sir Mix-a-Lot's official YouTube and website. Yes, yes.
1: yes. But, I mean, that that goes to show, like, you started playing it, and I started moving my head. I started moving. (laughs) It definitely shifted my energy. And it can be that simple and that quick while things are laborious when you first start because you're just starting and you're just learning, eventually you're gonna hear that whip noise and just be like, and now I'm grounded and it's gonna be <laughs> fabulous. So remember Sorry. that moving forward, as much as you know, some things may seem really difficult, the more you do it, the easier it gets with grounding and shielding. And with shielding, there are many different flavors of shields. So there is shielding for protection they're shielding to mirror so you mirror something back to somebody there is i was recently on a tv show uh filmed a tv show called the blocks and it's the biggest um entrepreneur reality tv show in the country where we compete to be the best entrepreneur in of the season and you want to know what shield i put up ladies what charm Ooh. I put up a charm shield every goddamn day of shooting. No really shame. You use the gifts the goddess gave you. And <laughs> it was fabulous. I did so many things differently in season nine than in season five. In season five, I thought it was unethical to use any of my gifts or my paganism on set. So I didn't. And I, I did find in the show and I loved it. It was amazing. Season nine, I went back and I was like, I am a psychic. I honor my divine being. I honor, you know, the gods and goddesses who help me. And it went so much better. I was able to do literally two times as much work while still networking and taking care of other people and doing like readings and healings and astrology the whole time. So like once you find your groove and honor it, you're not going to be using your own energy to shield or ground. It'll It'll just happen. So trust, trust that. Trust that it'll happen. I have faith
0: in you.
2: So I have a story about shielding. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, um, I was at a um, Marilyn Manson concert in um, Minneapolis at the myth. And, you know, when there's a lot of drinking and a lot of, drugs and a lot of high people and stuff like that around you. They And, and it's a standing room only concert. They do not. Ha, uh, there's not a lot of personal space. Mm-hmm. You got people bumping on you. You got them bouncing on your heels. They got you spilling beer all over you and everything else. And so I read somewhere about a porcupine shield.
1: Ooh, I want to hear this.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so I'm sitting there, right? And I'm like, gosh this might be the perfect time to try this. And it was really, really neat because, you know, I put a regular shield around me and then I threw a whole bunch of porcupine needles out. I did that (laughs) quills just. And the next thing I know there's a, Two to three feet space opening up around me and it just kind of kept growing.
0: Oh I love it was, that
2: it was awesome. However, there was one person that it had the opposite effect on. Oh. So this one person kept getting closer and closer and closer and was actually leaning into it.
0: There's and masochism. Masochism. <laughs> So
2: there was one one person that enjoyed it on some level. There were like more of that. (laughs) For the most part, I had breathing and moving and dancing space without people puking on my shoes, spilling beer on me. um, you know, bumping all into me with their sweaty selves or stepping on my feet or whatever the case may be, so it was very pleasant. I was a little disturbed that I was pleasuring somebody, but you know, I was happy with the rest.
1: <laughs> yes, yes, I love it. i yes, um, no, I'm gonna try that. I am so looking forward and please tune in for future episodes because I will like report back how that goes with that so. <laughs> I liked I'd never really used a charm shield before until season nine, and then I did, and I must say that I am a big fan of it. I can't wait to try the Porcupine shield. Um I think sh- protection shields are obviously the most versatile, the ones we use the most often. But what other shields are there besides the ones that we've mentioned? I'm trying to think. It's been a long day listeners. I'm so sorry. I'm not my usual Zazzle self. I can't think of any.
2: <laughs> so I've used, used a shield. <clears throat> I used a shield of invisibility on my car.
1: Oh yes. Yep.
2: Um, that was a big mistake. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't recommend doing that. Um, I can't remember the reason why I had chosen to do that at that time, but there was so many near major accidents from lane changes and people cutting you off or, you know, trying to drive through you. Basically, I would not recommend using a shield of invisibility, uh, around your vehicle. Now, if you're going somewhere and you want to kind of be a wallflower and and you're not really somebody that is real chatty, doesn't want to be approached or whatever, that's good to do it around your persons. But uh, I wouldn't shield
0: responsibly. Right. People shield responsibly. <laughs> I shield invisibility when I go outside cuz I don't want to be bothered when I'm gardening.
1: That makes sense. I like that. Uh, I'm a little antisocial, sorry. <laughs> so
0: that you do you, boo. You do you. That I'm is like, not when I be, everyone everyone when I'm can be as God. loud as me. <laughs> I'm like, this is my meditation, introverted meditation space. And then someone will come over and start yapping with me. And I'm like, dang it. <laughs> <laughs> Can't what? you see the shield of nada? Yes, absolutely. How can oh you still God. see
2: me? No. <laughs> I love that Gia brought up something, though, because I've only ever used them to protect my energy field. On mm-hmm. my aura, I have never mm-hmm. used them on objects, but now I'm going. Huh? Like you got strangers coming over to your house, and you don't want them to see something. Boom! Shield of invisibility.
1: Yep. Yeah. You know.
2: Um, or you know, shield of hot lava. Don't touch. Yep. yep. Or you know, or whatever. Like I would have never thought to do it on objects. It's never crossed my mind.
0: Oh yeah, I I objects and Inan- like, I, you know, invisible objects like, you know, currency in banks, um, your computer and the internet. Um, there are so many things that you can shield and, you know, you can help to... And actually, I was going to bring this up, but I would say um, until you gain more experience with it and only with the permission of the other person... Um, you can help to not only shield someone else, but you can also help to ground them. And again, only with their consent. But um it's kind of similar in the fashion that you would ground yourself. You're gonna have to use the sense that is is strongest for you, minus visual visualization. So when I've asked to help ground someone else, I've imagined roots coming out from the ground and gently anchoring them back, their feet back to the ground. Um, so that that's something else too. But it, but again, make sure that you know you you've gotten to a spot where you're really good at grounding yourself first. And And because consent Consent is sexy. Consent is sexy. I like that
1: so sexy. Um, I think you bring up a good point. Like I have a few tiny humans in my life, and Mm -hmm. they don't they don't know how yet. And so, like I do the wards on their room, not the entire house, but their room at that house. I do the shielding on them. I help them with grounding. Absolutely. And that's that's with their consent. They love it. They can tell when auntie's been involved. But <laughs> then also like with my clients, if you schedule a session, we can absolutely do energy work to get you grounded and centered so that you can understand that feeling so that you can hopefully replicate it on your own with time. So if you're going, oh my God, I just, I don't know what that feels like. Schedule a session and and you'll learn like, It'll be walked through. You'll yes. you'll get familiar with it. So you don't do you don't have to do this on your own. You really mm-hmm. don't. It can be something where you are taught to do it. If that is your style, if you need an exa- hands-on example, absolutely have a hands-on example. I love that. So I have been thinking, and I feel so silly, but I've been thinking about centering, which is the other thing we're gonna talk about today. Yeah this whole time. And it's because years and years and years ago, I went to some event and this group, this amazing group of healers was there. And this is, they said, well, we have to get centered, but we have to like attune to each other. I don't know. I've probably told you guys this story. This is how much I love this story. I've probably told everyone on this planet. But so for them to get centered and to attune to each other's energy, they did the armadillo. And they would armadillo like they would chant Armadillo to and it wasn't like oh, Armadillo. It was like Armadillo, Armadillo. And oh. they kept doing that until they were all harmonized and in sync with each other and completely centered. And wow. it was the coolest thing ever. And they explained how they came to Armadillo. Like someone said it like as a joke, but then they all started doing it and it really felt right. So it, you can center to yourself and you can center with other people. You can attune to other people and center as a group. So there's two different ways. And for me, centering, again, present moment, present moment. But centering is also centering yourself in your soul to know what's in your highest and best without having to think about it. That it is just, it's there. It's right there in front of you. It's tangible. What do you think, Gia?
0: I love that. I, I I'm still hearing armadillo in my head, and I'm loving that. But yes, yep. I I would agree. Um, also, I mean, when I'm because here's the thing, I with the lovely female changes, mm-hmm. and sorry, everybody, TMI, but I'm perimenopausal. And it, they, they, they put you on it, it it, it makes you go through this crazy roller coaster of hormone fluctuations, which in, in, in some respects has caused me to have attention problems. Yep. And what I have found is using centering techniques allows for me to be able to just get through my mundane day yes i have to do it more frequently i you know i actually i have a fidget spinner and it's one that lights up
2: mm-hmm. and
0: i have to take a moment out of my day and use my fidget spinner to help center me um there are, there are so many different tools you can use to center yourself. And, you know, even what, um, Maya has taught me before, which is, you know, imagining you like, you know, in in the same way as grounding an anchor dropping out your butt, right?
1: (laughs) Right there. Crap out the anchor. It is fabulous. Yes. Everyone, you're welcome for the mental image. Okay. Yes, right?
0: Like you're sitting at your desk chair, right? You're like, I, my attention is, I can't, I got to reel her in, you know, just imagining that anchor shooting straight out your behind and then bringing you back and that, that center straight line, just going all the way up through your body, out the top of your head, you know, and just centering on the ceiling, raising your chin up, you know, and just, Breathe in, breathe out, like like you've mentioned before, to be back in the moment. And yes. I have to do it so much now. it's just crazy, but It's I love a thing.
1: It. It's real. And I think that,, um, if we if us three were to ever have a word, and Gia, you already know what I'm gonna say, <laughs> I genuinely think our word is gonna be duck. Duck, (laughs) duck. We will do it. Um. So we we had a fun thing where we were all on a Google Doc together, and Gia came up as anonymous duck. And uh, for those of you who do not follow me on social media, please do Lily of the Light. Um. On all social media platforms, the reason is you will get to meet Daryl, the emotional support duck. He is real. He is a stuffy that. Like travels with me. And when I say travels with me, I had him, in his head poking out of a business bag for a business deal. He comes with me everywhere. And I pet his head. And when we were filming, other people would pet his head to calm down because he's blessed to calm people down. Oh. And so it will be ducks. We will have ducks. Ducks will be the thing. <laughs> ducks rule. It will be other people have armadillo but we have ducks. Quack, and I mean yes. We <laughs> quack, 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 people.
2: <laughs> you know how I brought up the whole um century uh sorry grounding and circle being something that keeps you <clears throat> anchored from floating away um, mm-hmm. if you imagine like you imagine a circle around yourself that contains your whole energy field, grounding would be um, a visual line of anchoring from heaven down to earth. And then centering would be the crosshairs of that, where it would be. Oh, um, I love that. Do you know what I'm saying? So yes. like, <clears throat> if you imagine yourself as I'm not sure if I'm using the right, maybe crosshairs is kind of not. A good way to explain it but you basically you're you're going when you're looking at the universe oh, yeah. and you're working with universal energies you're going to be grounded from top to bottom yeah, and then side to side left to right so now you're not you're grounded in the universe but then you're also then centered it's all it's it's like it is kind of like a crosshairs and
0: it is because it's up there horizontal lines crossing over that vertical Mm -hmm. center well think of the xy axis and in
1: mathematics the x everything exists inside the xy axis the entire universe can exist inside the grid of the xy axis and so it's like the crosshairs are the same makeup they're the same design as that and so it's through grounding and centering, everything in the universe can exist inside of you i i agree maya completely
2: in a in a and an equal balance yes. yes yes proportions everything yes, and another I thing that. that I was taught um for for people that don't know how to center i don't know if you touched on that um I was taught that um for most people the easiest way to find your center would be to stand and sway your hips and swing your arms and let yourself loose goose and just keep doing it until you're completely loosey-goosey and then wherever you feel that your balance is is your center
1: okay it's taking everything in me not to stand and do this now because i think it would cause too much rustling on the mic i was doing it in my seat i don't (laughs) to stand and do it i want to do it like legit move the hips move the arms like oh my i'm doing it i'm doing it everybody now here's the question for all the listeners are you doing it and if there's a way for you to comment or interact with what's happening let us know one if you did it two where your center is where your xy axis where your crosshairs connect i would love to know that because i bet you it's different on everybody
0: I would love to see videos if anybody's brave enough to post a quick video of it.
2: I would say that because we carry so much tension on a normal, regular, daily basis, it does take some time to get goosey-loosey enough. Um, So you have to give yourself a little bit of time. It's not going to be immediate. And just keep keep. – you're twisting your torso with your arms down. Mm -hmm. um, And you're swaying your hips. And – at one point then for most people their center is in their solar plexus or their sacral area with if you're if you're into chakras it's usually somewhere in there but if you yeah. find exactly where that is that becomes the really important magic point for drawing energy up through your center and having it come out your projecting arm and blasting that is going to be your power source.
0: Mine is like right towards the end of my sternum.
2: Yeah, for everybody, is different. And I love so, the it's- fact
1: that we have geese and ducks now, yes. I think we're just a very bird focused group. and i love that like we're just we're loosey-goosey and we're ducks and we're anonymous ducks and we're emotional support ducks and we are we are your bird people everyone symbols of freedom and all of that happiness so yeah like i'm I, you're right. I'm not gonna get loosey goosey. We're so we're pre-recording this episode during Pride weekend. It's the very end of Pride weekend, so like I know my entire body is tight because I walked around at Pride like all day today and stand at a booth. So I know that I won't get loosey goosey to do it like tonight. But I think what was said is really important. We all hold tension in our bodies all the time, and we all hold it in different places. So do this a few times get more relaxed when you do it. Like it's, it's a process. It's a journey. It's meant to be experienced, not just like a one and done. So, so share your experience with us. Absolutely.
2: And so yeah. for your most potent magic, um, for women, the the easiest place for them to shoot energy from is their wrists like Spider-Man. Yep. Um, But if you actually find your center and you grow an energy ball there and you keep increasing it, increasing, increasing it, and then you draw a line through where you're focusing like a laser, you know, shooting that energy out of, whether it's your wand or your athame or your two pointer and middle finger, it's going to be very powerful.
0: Yes. I just measured and <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I found this very interesting. So I have uh, I have a lot, I have a very strong connection to the number seven. I always have. Um, and so I just used a ruler to measure my, uh, <laughs> where my center is from the top of my belly button. And it is seven inches almost exactly.
2: And most people are going to be button. three to five, but not that not everybody's the same. And, you know, as you grow in your magic, your center point of energy could change. But if you're new to magic, this is the way you want to go. Like I, I know it. my power center has changed to my throat chakra, but mm. then it also makes a huge blockage for me at times too. So not only is it my most powerful place, but it's also my most debilitating think, place too.
1: Yeah, and I think um I think another thing that should be mentioned uh is as our bodies change, our center can change. Yes. So what what I mean by that is as you age things may change, but also with surgery, mm-hmm. or trauma or something like that, that can shift because I know I've had several surgeries throughout my life and like it definitely alters the energy in my body, and and how I handle the power within me, depending upon what kind of surgery it is and what what work you did on it. All that, absolutely. But so, like, we want your power center to be you. But if it changes, you're not broken. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, if it never changes, right. that's awesome. If it does change, you're not broken. Honor however that looks to you.
2: Right. I agree because, I mean, let's take it just a step further from what you were saying. Uh, not only the, all of those changes, but also <clears throat> as your awareness and your higher con- uh, higher levels of consciousness and your um, ascending happens, that mm. changes things too.
1: Yes. Yes. And there's nothing better or worse. I've met so many people that are like, oh, my powerhouse must be in you know my third eye must be in my intuition must be you know in the middle of my freaking forehead and no chances are it's right at your root like the rest of us were at some point or another so there's no positive or negative place to have it and there's no even when you're ascending there is no superiority we need to and this is slightly off topic bear with me everybody we need to take competition out of our religion our beliefs our paganism, our spirituality, that somehow someone is better or worse than somebody else because they have a different experience. I have seen that so many times that that someone resonates with an energy center that is perceived to be superior and, and it really messes things up. That's out of ego. Just honor everyone's path. I love that Maya has it in the throat chakra. She a bad bitch. I love it. It's amazing. That is not where mine is. You would think it is with all the talking that I do, but I swear (laughs) it's not. No, but that's, it's honoring ourselves and others on our path, not in a comparison and not in any way thinking something is better or worse, which so many people do. And it's with, with ascending and raising your vibration, please remember that it's not a competition because that fucks you more than anybody else on mm-hmm. your path. Hundred percent. So, tangent done. Hundred <laughs> percent.
2: So when you ladies were talking further back about ground uh helping someone ground with their permission. Yes. Um I, I'm a strong believer in that as well. If you're doing it in connection with their energies. But mm-hmm. there's um some good, um, techniques that you can use without getting all up in their, um, energetic field and altering anything. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, one of them is calling them by name a few times.
0: Yeah, Just, oh,
2: just yes. calling them by name. Um, another is, um. Some people don't like to be touched, but another is if you place your hand on somebody's shoulders and gently push down. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't use that as a go to personally because you don't know other people's injuries. Um, you don't know if they're open to they, touch, but that yeah. is. I feel
1: like that one's a really close friend or family member or somebody yes. that you know that that's their vibe and that's their technique. Yep. Like yes. I have um, someone that they do really well with like a bear hug. I would not bear hug some, like I hug people, but I would not bear hug someone without like really knowing who they are as a person for me to like do a, a hard grip around them. So I, I feel like those are for people who you really know. If you walk up to a stranger and think you can give them a bear hug yes. or put your hand on their shoulder to help, you're not helping. Right. So I love those techniques, but those are techniques for people you're familiar with.
0: I want to add right. two things to that too, because I have a child who's neurodiverse. Do not, and I stress this, do not force your children into being ground, grounded or centered or anything like that. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a big I I I you know consent I think that there's you know there's still people on this planet who deem children as less than and that's wrong and I you know I mean it's just wrong to do that to a child so if your child's acting up having a tantrum there are other ways to support them that are not forceful because they deserve consent as well and that that's a big thing for me i know that like with my son i offer to him a hug Mm -hmm. because hugs tend to help him to ground but i would yeah. never go up to him and grab him and start hugging him because he might not with his high functioning autism and everything that that might just set him off more and it's it's not right you know they they deserve to give permission as well so i just i just have to stress that out there sorry well Although-
1: that makes a lot of sense and i think that also goes to anyone because there are adults with autism and ADHD and also PTSD. Yes, that it's like you don't know, and you're like, oh, but this is gonna help you. I have had people do that to me at events. They walk up yes. and they're like, "I'm here to help you," and I'm like, "If you touch me, I will turn into a rabid squirrel." Yes, don't come near me. My energy is mine, and I do not consent. And then when people still try, I'm like, "You're a bad person." There's nothing you can do to prove to me that you're a good person after you try something like that. No, after exactly. I say no. And so, like when whenever we talk about helping people, it is 100% consensual help. These are conversations that we have, and it's not something that we take lightly. And I think with anyone, children, neurodivergent, uh, neurotypical, adult, whatever, energetic consent still matters. Like Mm -hmm. it's not just physical consent of like hugging. If I am in an argument. With, let's have some wishful thinking and say a lover, <laughs> and I force my energy on them to ground them, that's bad. I don't care if we're in an argument, I don't care if I'm right in the argument. I don't care if he's winning the argument, but really, I should win. Keep your energy <laughs> to yourself, you little hoe. Like, no, <laughs> just this is, you can obviously tell that this is something that we all take very seriously. And one of the main reasons why we take it seriously is because we have seen it done unethically in person. We have had it done to us unethically in person, and it is awful. So, if you think you can get away with that, this is not the group for you. Goodbye. But if it's also being able to be validated and seen and heard and go, yes, this is the way it should be, this is absolutely a standard you can have and enforce for yourself, your child. Let me tell you what, I talked to a reader once. And they were like, when an adult brings a child to any kind of event, they're consenting for that child. And I'm like, that adult can't consent for anything, but okay. And then, I, and then they said, well, so if a kid wanted a reading and they had $10, I would do a reading for them. And I was like, a minor without the adult's permission? And they mm-hmm. said, absolutely. The adult consented by simply having the child. No, when yeah. they're in labor and pushing, they're not thinking about you. Just throwing that out there. But so, no, I looked at them and I said, if you come near any of my tiny humans, I will flip a table on top of you. Mm-hmm. And she was like, that's really mean. And I'm like, no, and yet still yep. not even half as bad as what you would do to my kid. So no, no, you're like, I told them, I'm like, you will never speak to any of my tiny humans. Like, please know that that's a boundary now because I don't trust you. Uh, So we take these things very seriously. And we want to honor the people who who have these experiences and validate you and let you know that this is a safe space. And also just to give it a voice because this is something that isn't talked about enough, in my opinion. so yeah, that's, that's our very intense tangent feelings about consent, ladies and gentlemen. Remember, consent is sexy and is needed at all times. <laughs> I am a big believer in the fries theory. Have you guys ever heard of fries? No. All right, here we go. You ready for this shit? Yes. All consent, this is my saying, all consent should be served with a side of fries. Fries stands for freely given, reversible, informed enthusiastic and the real meaning is specific but I choose the word safe nice looks like to you
2: I love that
1: all all consent should be served with a side of fries ladies and gentlemen yes let's all enjoy some fries so yeah that is I I promise I'm done with my tangent that was a bit long I I love it though
0: also be careful of shorter people and smaller humans energy areas. So there, there there are there are cultures that do believe you should never place your hand, even even if you're just gently placing your hand on top of a kid's head. Yeah. Yep. That is one of their chakras and just like with anybody else we wouldn't like i personally don't want someone coming up to me and putting their hand on the top of my head oh god just all right yeah show that same respect to kids because that is a huge huge thing and it you know they're they're so open they're 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 actually more in tune to everything spiritually Mm -hmm. than we are. Don't fuck with the head. Leave the kids alone. Nobody needs a
1: paw on the head anyway. And I like
0: you included short
1: people. Yes. Because when you think about it, short people are – treated differently in that way like now i wear hats all the time and someone touched my hat i'd freak out because i love my hats and they are very nice and pretty and it's taken me a long time to have them (laughs) up kept properly it's a a hobby but like yeah people go oh and like pat me on the top of the head very patronizingly because i am yes short and it's like no don't 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 put your grubby little energy mitt on me on my
0: soul spot and it just i mean and And I'm, I'm, my, because I have PTSD and my, my survival reactions always fight. Mm -hmm. And when someone goes to touch me, it is literally a reflex of mine to bring my hand, my, my arm up, getting ready to like swipe them away.
1: Yeah. There's a karate chop in their future. Yes.
0: There, there really is impossible black eye. So it's, yeah.
2: Yeah. So I'd like to get back to some of the other grounding techniques. Um, uh, Another thing that you'll see a lot of um, if you do group rituals is cakes and ale or potlucks because food is very grounding.
1: Oh, yeah, baby. That is so... Now, use this one with caution, everybody. Don't be that weirdo who's like, so I can eat pasta seven times a day? That's not what we mean. But... um... Yeah, food is great. I love. Yes, yes, please. Yes, continue,
2: my darling. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, the most um, not pleasant. If you're on the energy high, like we like um, Lily brought up earlier with her yoga example. The most quick, like I gotta go. I have somewhere to go, but um, effective is putting salt on the tongue. I'm going to say that it's not a pleasant experience if you're yeah. high, mm-hmm. but it works. Yeah. Um, nope.
1: It's a thing. Carbs are also like, I gave the pasta, potatoes, bread. Like if you don't have to do it in the salt quickness, carbs, carbs will ground you right quick.
2: Chocolate. Not as quick as
1: salt, but they'll, yeah. and they might be more pleasant than salt.
2: Heavy foods, chocolate. Oh,
0: yeah, chocolate. I'm Um, hungry.
2: Other things that you can do. I was saying before about using a person's name, even talking mundane things that smack people down to reality. uh, Sometimes, you know, not fun either, but it does the job, like asking somebody, oh, did you get your homework done? Or, hey, have you paid your rent?
1: Chores. Did you like, take
2: care of your garage door?
1: Yes. I, oh. I think that's, yes, 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 yes.
2: <laughs> and herbal, there are herbal teas and um, there are also drops like uh, Rescue Remedy. Um, our group used to keep that on hand, like Rescue Remedy was- uh it had, was very multi-purpose and it was good for many different things, uh, including animals. You know, they get ungrounded and they get anxious and they pace and stuff too, and rescue remedy works for them as well. Um it's basically a tincture with, with an eyedropper, and you drop it on your tongue and it'll help ground and ease anxiety. Um amongst many other things, if you look it up. uh, Another one that's similar to Rescue Remedy is Five Flower Essence. Mm -hmm. Yes, Um, That was the one I used as a go-to when I could shop at Magus because um, I had a very hard time finding Rescue Remedy. But um, those are some other ways that you can go about helping someone else with their excess energy and grounding.
1: Yes. So true. So true. I think um all of this is really good advice for people. What are our final thoughts about grounding, shielding, and centering for for the listeners? What what do we all got?
2: Well I'm gonna put podcast extras on the website that'll have a few grounding mantras, um, some ga- grounding mudras. Um, if you like to do um the hand positionings or like the 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 chantings or um anything like that.
1: I love that. That's awesome. Resources are always great. I would like to say that grounding, centering, shielding, warding are the foundation of a healthy belief and spiritual journey. None of them are more important than the others. Learn all of them, embrace all of them. It's it's a journey, it's a process. And if you have problems and you need help, please schedule a session. Like it's, I'm here to help and I wanna help. And this is stuff that I love. I came from pride to do this podcast. I have so much faith in Seeking the Light of a Thousand Suns and the message that they give. Like I can't wait to work with them more about the foundations of spiritual health and everything that it has to do with. So, if you need resources, please check out, you know, the podcast extras. If you need help, schedule a session. There, there's help for you, and we want to
2: help. And so for that's, the listener, that's my final. <laughs> yeah. Sorry for the listeners. Um, her website is lilyofthelight.com, and we also have a link on our website that is um, will take you to hers as well.
0: i love it
1: before we all sign off i would just like to say because of the loosey goosey comment thank you for that i now think that i shit you not this is what i think we should say to center into each other's energy we should do like a round of duck duck goose whenever we want to get centered with each other (laughs) that should be our thing we should have duck duck goose or just something awesomely fun that's just going to make us be very connected Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in. This was amazing. Seeking the Light of a Thousand Suns is a podcast that is meant to share knowledge and resources with everyone about anything spiritual or pagan or witchcraft that we can come up with that we can share with you. And we cannot wait for you guys to tune in. Remember to share this on any platform that you feel drawn to. We want to get the word out. We want to help as many people as possible.
2: Thank you so much. Blessed be everyone.
1: Blessed be lots of love.